Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. New Year's honors lists were announced today. And good to see Eric Murray, Hamish Bond being recognised as we saw Nico Porteous, Zoe Sadowski, Senate picking up members of the New Zealand Order of Merit. Paul Cole, squash player, also picking up the equivalent award. Corey Peters, Paralympic champion, becoming a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit. Silver Ferns great, Anna Harrison. Triple Code New Zealand representative has also been made a member of the New Zealand of Order of Merit. Karen Smith was made a companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit for services to sports governance after 11 years as chief executive of the New Zealand Olympic Committee. Silver Ferns coach Lee Gibbs was made a companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit after more than 50 years of service in netball as a player. The big news is that Farah Palmer became the first female rugby player to be appointed a dame, basically a knighthood. She joins the 12 previous men with links to New Zealand rugby who have received knighthoods. Look, congratulations to these people, but the system is fundamentally flawed. How come it is always rugby that ends up picking up these knighthoods? How many rugby league people have ever received knighthoods? How many softballers have ever received them? Do we have a prejudice towards blue collar or the working man's game or the working class game in this country? How come Daniel Loder has never received a knighthood, yet Valerie Adams has? Others have also picked up knighthoods for much less the likes of the Michael Jones and some of those 12 previous men with links to rugby. Lisa Carrington, a knighthood. But why not Loder? What, he didn't have the personality? We couldn't relate to him? The problem with these honours is it's just becoming a box-ticking exercise now. It's just wokeism at its finest. I'm not saying these people don't deserve them, but there's just no consistency. And we're going to see a similar thing when the Helberg nominations are finalised. Joining us now on the programme to discuss this is Howard Dobson, who was a long-time judge on the Helberg Awards. He joins us, Dobbo. Good morning, welcome. How are you, Mark? Uh, happy New Year, mate. Yeah, well, I'm trying to be happy. Did I sound happy? I didn't really <laughs> sound happy then, did I, Dobbo? Oh, look, we should celebrate those who have been picked, but surely... I'm with you. There's a number that haven't been that certainly deserve more recognition. Winton Roofer springs to mind. Mr. Winyard, who's won 10 or 11 all-rounder world championships in timber sports. And if Lisa Carrington can get the damehood for five kayak gold medals, what about Mr. Ferguson, who's got four Olympic kayak gold medals? And then you can throw in McDonald as well, who's got three. So, yeah, there's some names that are missing, but so good old, good old now, Father Palmer, uh, she totally deserves... Her Dame Hood, uh, what, three World Cup 
triumphs as captain plus all the admin stuff. He's done yeah, yeah, but look, I, but I, but I, 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 I sort of buy into that. But let's be honest, rugby's women's rugby. Previously, I mean, let's be honest, it was a two-horse competition. It's basically one of the biggest minority sports on the planet, and let's not even pretend that it wasn't. I mean, it's got a little bit bigger now, and well done to the Black Ferns this year. But why, you know, where were the accolades for the New Zealand men's rugby league team when they won the World Cup? Did Stephen Kearney get knighted? Did Nathan Kalis end up picking anything up for being captain? No, I'm, they didn't even win the damn Halberg Awards that year, did they? No, no. And, and look, you're right. I mean, we're seeing a lot of minor sports uh, who have succeeded at the Halbergs and with the Knighthoods and the Dames that are individual sports and that are predominantly, I suppose, with uh, Olympic or Commonwealth Games. And then we've got the situation where rugby leagues, neither um, Olympic or Commonwealth. And uh, I suppose when you look at who's actually won the World Cup, I think Great Britain won it in 71. We won it in 2008. Every other year, pretty much, it's been the kangaroos. So it's comparing apples with oranges with bananas, which, is, which makes this task so hard. Yeah, I, I, I am just absolutely miffed on the Daniel Loder one because I'll argue that, yes, Peter Snell's achievements in 1964 were remarkable, but sport was still in its evolution. We didn't still have the African nations really entering long-distance athletics. You had Arthur Lydiard, who had revolutionised um, the way people trained and had come up with a very innovative training system, which gave the New Zealand athletes um, not an unfair advantage, but certainly a jump on everybody else. Uh, where Loda, the two and four hundred freestyle. If you go to the Olympic Games, Dobbo, and you know this, it's the biggest sport in the first week I of the Olympics. Yeah, it's the biggest sport in the in the first week of the Olympics. Ian Thorpe, the great Ian Thorpe, Thorpedo, didn't win the two and four hundred in two thousand in Sydney. He had to wait a further four years to do it, but because he was introverted, because we couldn't relate to him, I think the Queen's honour that he's got is one of the lowest you can get. I, I just, it, it, it's just this political correctness, this wokeness has just gone way too far now and it's almost patronising it actually, the awards start to lose credibility, it's a bit like what you're now seeing with the Academy Awards, well you know, there's been big talk that there haven't been enough um, African American um, actors or directors picking up awards there haven't been enough women and now you sort of sense that no matter how good anybody else is, we've got to make sure we tick that box. And look, I don't care if it's all African-American actors. I don't care if it's all women directors. Just make sure that it's done on merit. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're going to touch a few nerves here. And uh, there's going to be a few people that really want to throw the phone at you right now. But look, I mean, I think a lot of people do agree with you. And the consistency, well, is, is I mean, for these King's Honours Awards, Kings now, it's the first one. What's the Kings uh, And, I mean, who, who judges these? How are they assessed? Uh, what's the criteria? Do they have a minimum number that they have to do? Do we actually have to appoint them if, if, if there isn't someone who is at the absolute elite level to be acknowledged? Do we actually have to appoint them um, as a, a dame or night? But yeah, the transparency on that is probably a lot less than what happened with the Halbergs. You know, there's usually mm. 30 judges. And the splits quite often mm. twenty athletes and ten generals. So, yeah, I mean, how do how do they point at Wado? Well, well, I mean, but but but, but look at Nolene Taurua. So she picks up a damehood because they win the, the Netball World Cup in two thousand and seventeen. Another sport that is globally a minority sport. Four countries that can win it ends up getting knighted for winning that. Yet I'll go back to that Rugby League World Cup gets nothing. You go back to the seven titles men's softball have won. Anybody being knighted in that sport? 
Um, you know, yeah. why isn't someone then like a Gordon Walker being knighted for what he's done with Lisa Carrington? Arch Jelly's just turned 100. He picked up a ward, I think, when he was 98, coached the great John Walker to Olympic gold in 76. Uh, 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 there is just no consistency. Now, I don't have a problem, but again, you, you look at the Valerie Adams. How many people genuinely do you see on a Sunday morning throwing a shot put? Now, where is the, you know, genuinely, where is the philanthropic um, side to these athletes. I'd argue while they're competing, it doesn't exist. Now, if they go on and use their name in the long term and do great things where and they're not clipping the ticket along the way, they're doing it genuinely, then I don't have such a problem with it. But I don't see that in these athletes that have been recently uh, anointed dames or anointed sirs. Yeah, which begs the question, is it a popularity competition? <laughs> but um, hey, you mentioned uh, a dozen... Um, Knights in New Zealand rugby. Do you know there's actually more? There's no definitive list, but I did a bit of research and there's a chap who played for the All Blacks in the late 1890s who went on to be knighted for services to Australian business. I can't remember his first name, but his his surname's Braddock. He played fullback for the All Blacks in the late um, 1890s. And another one that keeps getting left out who has got knighted uh, for services to the hospital board and played about eight or nine tests for the All Blacks was uh, Harcourt Pat Cowie. Mm-hmm. So we've actually we don't actually have a definitive list, but I've come up with one. Uh, so and, and sort of playing fifteen, and we've got a few holes. Obviously, Sir Wilson Winneray uh, front row. We don't have a hooker. Gary Knight's in name, but he wasn't knighted. Then at locks, you've got uh, Sir Colin Mead, Sir Brian Lahore, Loose Ford, Sir Michael Jones, uh, Sir David John Graham also played lock. Um, and, of course, Richie McCaw turned down a knighthood, but he accepted that top 20 award for New Zealanders, yes. which is higher than a knighthood. Uh, then at halfback, we don't have one, but you imagine that David Kirk, the Rhodes Scholar, would be the closest one to getting a knighthood in the future. Uh, first five, Sir Fred Needles Allen. Uh, on the wings, B.G. Williams, and obviously Sir John Kerwin for services to mental health. Braddock at fullback. So we've got a posse uh, still to fill it. Hooker, prop. And second five, Sir Steve Hansen played midfield for Canterbury, yeah, so maybe yeah, but, he can take the midfield but, but, spot. But again, why, why does Steve Hansen get nominated? He lost a World Cup in 2019. He's paid an exhausted amount of money. Is he any different than any other coach in this country? I mean, he inherited a hell of a good side in 2015. In my opinion, along with Steve Chew, and this is just my opinion, have been instrumental in, I think, the, you know, the destruction of domestic New Zealand rugby all in the name of the All Blacks. Judge me on the World Cup, he said. Well, we lost the World Cup and we go and knight the guy. How come those guys are knighted, yet other top coaches in this country aren't? How come Arthur Lydia never picked up a knighthood? Yeah, it's extraordinary. And of course, possibly the one, the absolute shocker was Yvette Corlett Williams got knighted after her death. So it got damed after her death. So that was a posthumous one as well. So yeah, the inconsistency is is, uh, shocking. Just a text that has come in. Someone said, good to hear you, Wado. I agree, merit versus virtue signalling. Happy New Year. And someone talking about Mark Sorensen. He received minor honours, but five-time world champion as a player, one time as a coach, yet Mark Sorensen has a higher honour than a QSM, a Queen Service Medal. Completely agree. Good guy, Mark Sorensen. Howard Dobson is my guest on the programme. A little bit of opinion uh, early on in the morning. Howard, uh, the Halberg Awards um, going to again be handed out in the month of February. What frustrates you about these awards? What do you like about them? Look, first and foremost, they were designed for the Helberg Trust. And despite all the debates and rhetoric and anger and joy, 
with who wins what. They're, they're there to serve the purpose that Sir Murray and may rest in peace uh, to help disabled athletes. So for that, um, you can't speak higher. In terms of the whole process, again, apples with oranges with bananas, but there is an Olympic and Commonwealth bias, particularly an Olympic and Commonwealth year. I think every Olympic year except 1980, when Richard Hadley won it, has been won by an Olympian. And so there's a lot of frustration amongst your non-Olympic sports. You know, you, you think of uh, your Winton Rufa, who should have won it in 1994, being the top goal scorer in the UEFA <laughs> Champions League with Werder Bremen. And they gave it to Brenda Lawson and Philippa Baker, who are two wonderful women who won the pairs at the World Champs in the rowing in 94 and definitely deserved to be team of the year. But how Winton Rufa didn't get nominated is one of the biggest travesties. And then, of course, you've got the 08, where the Kiwis won the World Cup in the league and, again, <laughs> didn't, didn't get the, the gong that they wanted. Uh, so it is frustrating. And now that Sir Murray has passed, I'm thinking perhaps... They should do the Halbergs every two years, Commonwealth and Olympic year, and perhaps we need a non-Olympic awards where you've got uh, the Dixons and the motorsport. Of, um, I mean, look, Stephen Adams is only one of three New Zealanders that made the NBA. It's the second hardest sport in the world. Uh, and then the football, of course, Chris Wood. Our most prolific global mm. uh, athletes aren't even being awarded. Um, because they're not winning on the highest stage, but just getting there, I think, supersedes. The well, I mean, you you, you you look at you, you look at Chris Wood trying to get a starting thing with Newcastle. He what's it's currently second in the English Premier. You look at Stephen Adams, and I don't want to harp on about it, but you know we're happy to hand out awards, aren't we, for our netball players, and we're happy to hand out awards for some of our cricket players. But let's be honest, what those guys have to endure to get to the top in basketball and football, I'm sorry, is what Way, way more difficult. Well, they're than in a different the galaxy. They are in a different it's galaxy a different completely. Different galaxy, and the, the Helberg Awards don't cater for them. There's no, not no. Uh, highest. Well, global stage award, you know? Well, well, the other thing, too, you look at Brendan Hartley. The guy wins Le Mans this year, you know? <laughs> One of the biggest motorsport events in the world, part of what they consider to be the triple crown, the Indianapolis 500, Le Mans, and the Monaco Grand Prix. Is he even going to get a mention? You know, James McDonald, the jockey, ranked the number one jockey in well, the world this year. So. Is he yeah, going to get a mention? Probably not, because we don't rank them, do we? But, you know, it'll be just a whole lot of more virtue signalling. Guarantee it. We'll make sure we've got our quota of everything chucked in in this politically correct world. Yeah, and I just come back to the fact that the, the you're comparing apples with oranges. It's the biggest problem. And because Sir Murray, bless him, was Olympic-aligned and Commonwealth-aligned and he won medals in, in you know, both those different events, um, there's sort of just a lean that Olympic medal is greater than an IndyCar win, uh, greater than you know, representing on the highest stage in football and basketball. So for me, I think they've got to look now at perhaps having an additional awards to the Hellbergs to really elevate those non-Olympic sports. Because the way to get um, a Halberg Award, and not in every case, is, is to dominate a minor sport that, that falls within the Olympic and Commonwealth codes. And hence all the anger and frustration, you know, in the leagueies. Uh, yeah, 
I mean, let's be honest, you'd mentioned netball. There's only a couple of countries that can win. I think three, Jamaica, New Zealand, and Australia, obviously. I, I don't know whether England's won the netball world champs. No, but, but, but with uh, the league, there's only three three teams that can only win the league, and that's Great Britain slash England, New Zealand, who won it once, and yeah. Aussie. So if they can do it for netball, why can't they do it for rugby league? Oh, oh, look, absolutely. But I'll even argue rugby for a long time was not dissimilar as well. You know, these sports that are world famous in this country are not actually global sports at all. I mean, look, I remember Cameron Brown finishing second in the Hawaii Ironman in 2002. I was there, the hardest individual event in the world. It wasn't a great year. I think the Eva Swindell girls ended up finishing second at the Rome World Championships and they gave it to the Swindells. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute. You've got two people in a boat over seven minutes. So you've got each other to lean on. And then you've got Cameron yep. out there on his own, basically, you know, having to fund his entire way in the hardest sporting event in the world. And they gave it with rowing. And I just sit there, what? Because Cameron wasn't a big enough name? What, you're somehow going to lose some credibility because he didn't perhaps have the brand name that the Swindell girls had? I just sit there, shake my head. I go back to Lydia Co winning it because she was 16 years of age. She didn't actually win anything, but we'll give it to Lydia Coe. I mean, I think she's got more merit this year being ranked number one in the world than when she actually did win the damn award. Yeah, fair comment. Fair comment. Look, thank goodness, and I keep bringing it back, the, the, the whole purpose of the Hellbergs is that trust, and they make a lot of money, and people like Sophie Pascoe have been huge uh, benefactors of it. So for that reason, you know, I applaud it, but there'll always be the ongoing debate. And, uh, Look, it's an honour, and people do their sport because they love it. People do it because they get highly paid. I don't even know whether it's in Stephen Adams' collective consciousness that he hasn't got a Hellberg. (laughs) I don't think he's thinking about it. But, you know, the heritage of New Zealand sport is rugby and Olympics, isn't it? That's Mm. where our majority of our sporting success has happened, with a few exceptions, and that seems to be embraced more than others. Yeah. Hey, Dobbo, lovely to have you on the program. Have a great new year and let's uh, catch up in the new year and get you on the program regularly. Love it. Yeah, great, great debate. Great debate. And look, well done. Uh, you know, to have a, a, a Dane in rugby, she's deserved it. I think you made a very good point. She's deserved it more than some of the All Black Knights. So let's just leave it at that. Yeah, absolutely. Well done, Dobbo.